Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, forward prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey everyone, welcome to the OFD Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Bowles, site manager over at OneFootDown.com on the SB Nation Network. Got Jude Seymour with me tonight. Jude, how are you feeling? Um, I'm feeling a little nervous, but I'm here tonight to talk to you about the game we just watched. Why do you feel so nervous? Um, uh, <laughs> 250 ru- rushing yards by the Louisville Cardinals defense. <laughs> I, that's, that's probably why I feel nervous. <laughs> you want to get right into it? <laughs> we, will, we will certainly get to that. But before we do, I, I do want to give a quick shout out. Listen, you guys enjoy the show and i've been getting a lot more messages from people uh, on facebook on instagram and on twitter about uh people listening to the show telling us they they like what we got and all that i encourage you if you listen to this podcast please especially on itunes uh hit us up with a review um and rate uh you know whether it's three four five stars whatever uh however you feel i mean give me your give us your honest rating and then if you could take the time to do a review too that'd be great i we got the perfect review here and i shared this with jude uh earlier today and i'm just gonna read it to you guys this is this i think this explains us to a t and we are without brad tonight because brad is still doing nerd things uh for real (laughs) life and that's absolutely fantastic so but let, let me read this irish pod for irish fans Josh, Jude, and Brad provide the perfect mix between logic and yelling at the TV type level of Irish fandom. Come for the insights and game breakdowns. Stay for the obscure ND football references and deep, deep, deep breakdowns between the versatility of the burrito and the utility of the taco. Go Irish. I couldn't <laughs> think of a 
that is probably the most accurate review we have. On, I, on- I I thank whoever that was because uh, that that's pretty much our podcast to a T. So that's perfect. <laughs> that's perfect. I I found I found that just like, yeah, this guy gets us. <laughs> ND fan seventy eight ninety, you uh, you totally get us, and we appreciate that. So uh, this season we're gonna we're doing more. Uh, we're gonna be doing two a week, uh, or trying to, anyways. So this is our Louisville review, and these are gonna be a lot shorter. Um, and, and thankfully for us, probably that this is gonna be planned to be a bit shorter because there was a whole lot from Monday night that we didn't like. So Jude, let's 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 go back to Monday night, and you know, let's start off on the negative so we can we can end more on a positive note. So the rushing yards allowed. It was a wee bunch. Uh, I think we only the biggest, the most amount that uh, that Notre Dame allowed last year was against Clemson, about two hundred and ten yards, I believe, in the uh, in the Cotton Bowl. Well, they gave up more against Navy, but that's triple option. And I think, okay. to be honest with you, they also gave up maybe close to that, close to two fifty amount to Wake Forest, but that was a lot of garbage time stuff. So, okay, I, I'm thinking in terms of yeah, in terms of where we were last year. Uh, 250 would have been a huge outlier. This would have been not normal for last year. So you think it's safe to say we miss Jerry Tillery, <laughs> Jonathan Bonner, uh, Davon Cody, Andrew Tranquil? Yeah, I mean, uh, undeniably, right? And I, I think it took, um, you know, and a, a lot of stats, good stats were shared around uh, Twitter today. I saw um, it took a, a few possessions for, the linebacker core to really get, you know, get set and get their feet and kind of understand where they were supposed to be. And the lane discipline for, uh, basically, yeah. For the time that, you know, it was 14, 14, seven Louisville. It like, it just felt like they weren't going to figure it out and they needed to get into halftime to see if maybe they could have an adjustment. And, and thankfully it got a lot better in the second half. And he, and even so in the late, the late second quarter. So, they did yeah. make the adjustment, but those first, what was it, three, maybe three it was, offensive it was, series? It was 49 minutes of game time. You know, after Louisville scored 14, there was 40 minutes, 49 minutes of game time left, and they only allowed three points. So yeah, yeah. that's a that's a big chunk of change. You know, Louisville threw the threw the book at them uh, by running <laughs> by running the pass. And <laughs> and uh you know, and they survived the storm. I mean, so to speak. But that doesn't mean that there were a lot of flaws within Notre Dame's defense that that you know a lot they they were exposed. Uh, I think you know, as Arbalal was exposed as a probably not a good option for Notre Dame moving forward. Like it probably won't last the season. Um, I, I just think his, snap, his number of snaps are going to end up diminishing. And by the time we play Michigan, perhaps he's, you know, he, he's more of a secondary player. Because I think they, they seem like they did a lot more. They did a decent amount of rotation Monday night. Yeah, they did. I mean, I, I saw a lot of bodies out there. Um, Bo Bauer, Shane Simon. Shane Simon uh, was definitely out there. Yeah. I mean, Jordan Dan Markeith was out there. I mean, which is all stuff. Jack Lamb was out there. Yeah. yeah got a fumble recovery. I uh, think. A lot of this is, and this is all stuff. This isn't shouldn't be shocking, uh, just because you know, you know, Asmar and uh, Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa, just because these guys, the starters were out there, doesn't we knew that they were going to want to put some guy, other guys, up to the test. So that that wasn't a big shock. The big shock was really how poorly 
your quote unquote starters played. I mean, I think um, I think Wu played fairly well for his first game as a starter, and when he hit, man, he really brought the thunder with him. Um, but yeah, it it was you know maybe even more more so the line the linebackers are are spotlighted, um, but honestly, I, I thought like our second our you know, your second team defensive tackles actually played a lot better in the game too. Yeah. I just, I, I, I there was a, there was a lot to like. Um, and, and I'm, I'm thinking kind of like, I, I actually thought about the captains a lot today. Uh, Alohi Gilman felt like he played really well. Um, you know, some people were saying on Twitter today, Robert Haynes, he, they felt like he played really well. I, to be honest with you, I wasn't paying that close of attention to the offensive I, line. I went, I went back and watched the line uh, just before we got on the podcast and, and made, okay. a, made it a huge focus. And I thought Haynes, he did. I thought he played, I thought of all the linemen and I, this shouldn't be shocking, but Haynes, he played the best of them. I thought, and this isn't, isn't really shocking either. I thought Tommy Kramer kind of had a hard time. Um, you know, Aaron Banks seemed a half a step slow slower than the guy that guy is going up against, you know what I mean? So the, the interior had some issues and I think that, that led to a lot of the issues that book had, uh, cause it looked like book was just like scrambling in, into, into a defender. You know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of people were talking to me today on Twitter, you know, Hey, could you quantify kind of the, the, the ticking in his head? It seemed like he was taking off uh, quicker than usual. Um, I don't, I don't know. I mean, we certainly could sit there and, and, you know, one Mississippi two Mississippi, but it did feel like when I, when I went back and rewatched it, that he was feeling the pocket collapsing a lot in times where he was still actually still pretty good. And he probably had another second, but he felt like he had to take off then, or he wasn't going to get out. Um, so he, I actually had them down for, uh, 32 dropbacks, even though he actually only attempted 23 passes. So there was nine instances that I thought where it looked like he actually did want to pass and ended up running because whether it was the internal clock in his head or the right. line getting pushed back into him, he felt like it was time to go. Yeah, um, that was that was a story I was I was I was planning on writing, um, and maybe I'll still kind of t- touch on it a little bit more this week. Um, but I, I just kind of felt like. Like the internal clock, him taking off early. I I still feel that that has a lot to do with who he's throwing the ball to. The loss of Cole Komet, the loss, you know, of Michael Young, um, and then Jafar Armstrong early. Who I'm telling you, everybody in the press box on the Notre Dame side, it was you know whispered about you know like how big of, how big of a part of the offense Jafar Armstrong was figured to be. Like that was a large chunk of what Notre Dame wanted to do, not just with a Jafar, but with a Jafar in there, two back sets with Tony or two back sets with, you know, him and Jameer. So I, you know, I had asked book after the game, you know, about, look, you know, there was three guys that caught the bat that, that caught a pass for the first time in their collegiate career tonight. You know, that means there's a whole lot of new faces, you know? So whether they're, when, when he gets in trouble, you know, are they doing what he's used to, you know, normally out there, you know, like when a Miles Boykin or uh, or Michael Young's out there, you know, there's just some more bodies. But even more concerning, though, was kind of like Chris Fink kind of disappearing in the mix. And I, I just it just to me, it felt like all of that threw book off enough where he was more ineffective than what we normally would see. Yeah, I, I 
I missed it in the rewatch. You know, there's only so much you can look at, but I was wondering if it was a matter of Fink not being able to, like, to get open or to create separation or it was or hard. What, it was hard to notice on the rewatch what was going yeah, on or, there or book not noticing him or whatever. Um, you know, obviously Claypool was a, was an, was an outlet all night long. Uh, Trumbull stepped up or whatever, but I, I don't think it can be underestimated how much the early loss of Jafar Armstrong threw off that whole, you know, the, the whole kind of offensive identity, um, whether it be using him as the, you know, we were talking over the summer about him being the bell cow back, um, or, you know, having him out of the backfield. I mean, he caught, it wasn't the first play of the game, but maybe two or three plays in the game. He caught a a 16 yard pass, which it was basically just like a one yard flare that he turned up field for 15 more yards. So, um, you know, it's different when you're throwing to Kyron Williams and he, as soon as he hear footsteps, he drops the ball. And, oh and, yeah. That, you know, was, that was a that, freshman mistake right there. Right. And that's going to come with time, right? Exactly. Like right. you don't expect Kyron Williams to make that mistake two years from now. And, and I think it was, but it was basically the same. They were trying to do the same thing with Kyron Williams and that one play that they did with Jafar Armstrong, which was, you know, he was, he was open and really nobody around him. And then, um, and it could have been a, you know, it may, maybe a modest gain or whatever, but it kind of spread out the, the defense a little bit. And then you, you know, he drops the ball and all of a sudden it's, it's a totally different situation. So, um, you know, I, I just, I don't, I'm not fully absolving Ian book or the, or the offense. Um, I think that there's, there's a lot of work to be done. And to be honest with you, um, I think that we were kind of sold a bill of goods in terms of the media and their last viewing session that they, they kind of were like, yes, Ian book is a top five quarterback. You know, he was 38 for 41 and right. you know, two of them are <laughs> drop passes or, you know, whatever the, you know, the, and the thing is, it's the thing just is, though, reminder, that, that they, they were just reporting what they saw. Right. And, and then giving their opinion on it, they were, they were a mouthpiece for the university. I mean, no, no, I, I'm, not, like yeah, I'm not suggesting that. I'm just, I'm just saying you're given windows into looking at things. Right. And, right. and Ian book did not play like a top five quarterback. I would argue he didn't play like a top 10 quarterback. Now I read Bill Connolly's you know, article and I a hundred percent agree, which is <laughs> we're so starved for football that we're willing to read and overreact to week one results and you really shouldn't react to week one results, but at the same time, it is they are data points, and they're one of twelve or thirteen data points that we're going to get throughout the year. And first 13, games absolutely count, <laughs> right? And thirteen for twenty four with one hundred ninety three yards um, is absolutely not going to get it done against Georgia. It's absolutely not going to get it done against Georgia. So no, but, I'm not, but I'm not you, going but, down the line and saying I can predict USC or Michigan or anything like that. That's too right. far away. But Georgia is on the immediate horizon. And there's just so much that needs to get fixed. And we thought the offense was going to be the one bringing the fewest question marks. So to be honest with you, they brought as many. Let me me ask you this though. I think, you know, fans are, are confused and upset and rightfully so because, because of the, the way Ian book played, right? Like, like it was a large part of what our frustration level was from that, from the game on Monday night was the way Ian book played. And, I think you get that frustration because you're used to a certain standard and he was below the standard that we expected. So can this just be an, I mean, don't you think that this is a, a game that we could just, I won't say throw away and Brian Kelly, you know, 
mentioned he, this isn't exactly a throwaway either, but you know, there's a whole lot more to him that we've already seen. You know, should we read too? Should we really read too much into this, or is this something we can be like, all right, he can and probably will be better. Well, there's certainly two ways of looking at this, right? Or we the, can, or the we, Brian we, Kelly's. <laughs> we can, we can, we can absolutely look at this as an aberration, and I think anybody who saw Trevor Lawrence's per, uh, performance against Georgia Tech on the Thursday night or opener does not expect Trevor Lawrence to play like he played against Georgia Tech. I mean, there was obviously some good points, but his stat line was nothing to write home about. So you could absolutely see that as an aberration. I'm going to take the other side of the argument just for argument's sake and say, look at what has happened since he got, he got punched in the ribs in Northwestern. He's literally turned in three, you know, three of his worst games since then um, as a, as a starter. And I'm, 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 a, I'm at the, you know, concerned level. I'm not at the threat level panic, you know, right. uh, flush this, this season down the drain, six and six, uh, you know, we'll be lucky to, to have, uh, the little Caesars bowl accept us sort of thing or whatever. But, um, <laughs> you know, I had concerns. I don't believe in second year curses, but at the same time, um, this is not what I expected. I, I expected something different and it wasn't just that, you know, the, it was the timing was off and, and, and you, 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 you narrowed in on it with, you know, you throw in your first Javon McKinley's first, uh, career catch. Um, you got Tommy tremble, uh, you got new Lawrence guys, Keys. Lawrence keys. Thank you. You got new guys in the mix, but the way that he threw behind Lawrence keys and that Lawrence keys had to make a leaping acrobatic catch. And then you say to yourself, well, maybe it's possible. Lawrence keys was in the wrong place. But he didn't throw it at Chris. I mean, Chris Fink didn't say throw it at my knees or throw it at my feet, so I had to trip over. I mean, and, and that, not get a first down on a throw. third down pass. Yeah, yeah, that, that's an automatic throw, and that's a throw that Ian we've seen Ian Book make with right. ease um, last year. So I don't know. Was it the? I just you know I've got the weight of the world expectations on me. We're the top ten ranked team. Hostile environment, Monday night, the whole body clock thing is off. I don't know. You can explain it away a million and six ways. But I'm telling you right now, I need, I, I'm craving more data because right. if it looks anything like it did like this with New Mexico, then you're going to get run out of the house in Georgia. It's going to be a bloodbath. It's not going to be good. So let's, uh, let's kind of move over to, to just a little bit something different here. Tony Jones Jr. Yeah. He, I mean – I mean, honestly, honestly, I don't think enough has been talked. I mean, look, that was only a second time that he's rushed for over 100 yards in his career in a, in a game. And I, I got to tell you, it, it was kind of amazing watching him run because he he looked like he was taking corners, like just completely like rounded corners. And like the vision was there, but the body took an extra yard and a half and it didn't really matter. He was still I mean, he just. I thought Tony Jones was incredible on Monday night and in a funny way, like there was good size holes there. I thought the line did. A, I thought the offensive line played pretty well. You know, they had some, they have some, they still like always, it seems have issues on short yardage, but uh, you know, the holes were there. The lanes were there. And I thought Tony Jones jr. You know, did uh did pretty well. You know, if you put a fat if Dexter Williams is running that ball, couple of those are actually touchdowns instead of that. Cause I it just looked funny. It looked, I mean, it, it, you see, uh, you see a big back out there. You're thinking that's a big fullback rumbling, stumbling, 
But I mean, Tony Jones really put it out there, and that is to me that's encourage that's very encouraging early on in the season. Yeah, I liked I like Tony Jones a lot. I, I liked that he seemed to always kind of oomph two more yards after yeah. I kind of tri- tripped forward. him up or whatever. And I felt like I saw the same thing from Jameer Smith. There was, um, I think it was the play before the touchdown he scored that put Notre Dame up uh, 28 to 14. It was like first and goal from the two after the big Claypool pass or whatever. And he, there was a guy who shot the gap, I think past Patterson, maybe, maybe it was the GG, the nose tackle guy or whatever. And, uh, and Smith kind of hopped him and it would, it would, he took a three yard loss into a one yard gain. Now he got stood up at the line and he couldn't finish. Uh, into the goal line or whatever, and he got stood straight up or whatever. So it was only a gain of one. Um, but I just I felt like there was some shiftiness there, and there were, I also felt like there was an, an opportunity where as soon as they were hit, they weren't falling. They weren't just falling down. They weren't falling straight down. They were um, they were lunging to get you know a yard or two. And I I I was impressed. I no, was there really was impressed. Some, there was some bruiser back. And I mean, even Jafar before he went down, I thought Jafar looked a lot thicker. Than, than he did from last year. I don't know if he's got some extra padding on or whatnot because he's worried about getting hurt. And then there goes his groin. But um, I, I, watching that, it had me wondering if if Notre Dame, you know, if they need to, they could just go to a straight power game. I'm not talking about against Georgia um, and, you know, maybe not even Michigan. But, you know, I think in some games against, you know, say like a Virginia, um, where maybe they find themselves in a little bit of a trouble. I th- you know, they, that's a game where if they needed to, I think w- with your power backs, you could just, all right, we're going to slow this down. We're going to grind this shit out. This is going to be a fist fight, um, but we're going to walk out with a W uh, by just beating you up. And honestly, that that's, I, I took a lot. Oh, I took a lot away to, of, with uh, Tony's performance and the, the way he ran the ball and, and, and Jameer Smith too. I, I really like the way Jameer Smith runs. I, I would have liked to have seen a, just a wee bit more um, of him and from him on Monday night, but um, but I'm really encouraged of that. So you know, if there's a silver lining in no Jafar Armstrong Monday night. Uh, I, I think seeing a, just a wee bit more of, of both Jones and and Smith uh, it gives gives me a, actually gives me more um, hope for the running game for the for the year, provided Jafar Jafar gets back. Yeah. I mean, I don't know the severity of this lower body slash groin pole injury. I mean, obviously, um, you know, it'll have to be evaluated and, and then it, it'll, it'll affect, obviously, I guess there's, I hope that there's certainty whether he's in or he's out. I mean, this, um, you know, being I'm, planning around him and then he can't go 10 plays into the game, it obviously threw them for quite a loop. So. Right. But I mean, I think at least now, even if there's uncertainty, uncertainty with how he is, the coaching staff can go about it a different way, which, which makes things more certain. You know what I mean? Where, yeah. it, where in this case, you know, it just, it really wasn't in the cards. <laughs> uh, no, no pun intended. No, no pun intended. <laughs> uh, yeah. For, for Jafar to go out that early, I really think a, a lot of their game plan revolved around him and, and talking with um, other media members on Monday night. Um, I'm 110% confident that the Notre Dame's offense revolved around Jafar Armstrong on Monday night. Uh, so uh, that was, that was a big issue. One that will never get admitted to by Chip Long or Brian Kelly. Sure. So, um, you know, we just got to take it for, for whatever it is. You know, something I want to talk about real quick too, Jude is 
And it's another thing. I'm, I'm kind of dialing back my workload this week. So these are some stories I may not get to, but things that have been on my mind and, and, and I put these in my notes is, you know, how Notre Dame fans watch a game. I was, I was kind of, it was a curiosity of mine on Monday night because pointing out flaws like on Twitter, you know, I get out there and like, this is fucking bad. You know, watching these linebackers just get annihilated, you know, pointing out the obvious and then, but having like certain fans like come at you, like, like, like they think that I'm cashing in the season. It's like, can you not, like, can we not criticize what we see in front of us? It was I don't recall ever calling for Brian Kelly's job or, or Chip Long's job or Clark Lee's job or, or benching a guy or hoping he transfers or, or gets caught uh, dealing weed to a nun, you know, <laughs> I, but I mean, there was enough bad words. You have to be able to call it out. If, if you don't, if you don't know that it exists, then there's no way to talk about things in, in for real. Like, we're fucking grownups, right? Yeah, so I mean, I you, gotta, think you have they, to talk about the bad along with the good. It's not about being a, a a good fan or not. In fact, I think a good fan that doesn't, I think, if a, you want to be a good fan, you have to be able to talk about both in reasonable terms. And saying something's completely awesome doesn't mean that the shit isn't shit. And it's calling something shit doesn't, you know. I mean, you have to be able to to lay it all out, and, and, and on equal terms. I, I 100% agree. I'm going to give a small uh, pass for people because of the game, the the anxiety level. Yeah, Not and that's the thing. I, I didn't, I didn't, I don't think I went over the line, but I know that there was quite a few fans that I follow on Twitter that went across that line. I don't hold any of it against them. It's a pure emotional response. Well, the, the, and, the, and, the, and yep. give them ten minutes, or at least ten minutes of the next morning after they wake up. They're, it's a little bit different story, right? Well, also the fact that we played on Monday night. Okay, so I think this is very important because I spent all day Saturday watching uh, Ohio State dismantle FAU. Um, you know, all these, all these, uh, top 10 teams kind of taking it, um, you know, taking their opponents to the, to the woodshed on Sunday, I got to watch Jalen hurts and, and Oklahoma, uh, light it up in, in ways that I, I, I don't think any of us expected or whatever. And so Monday we are looking for our own top 10 team to put on a clinic against a team that went two and 10 last year. Well, right. this isn't going, I, I mean, I don't, I don't agree with Kurt Herbstreit. This is not a bowl eligible team that I, that I think they faced here, but I think this is, this is possibly a four and eight team. Okay. And so, yes, should you do better for against a four and eight team? Undeniably. Yes. Um, but you know, we talked about, we, I think that just, there was a built up like all day, you know, we're waiting for this game to start. And then it was sort of sideways for the, what did, what did you say? First 11 minutes. Right. And, and I think it built up this kind of like, and, and look, there's always a certain se- segment of the fan base that's going to be obnoxious in their, in terms of their overreaction or whatever. I mean, uh, Eric Hansen used one of them as his lead today and in, in his story, or maybe last night, right. Phil, somebody calling for Phil Dracovic to start like in the beginning of the second quarter of the first game, like let's slow down. Let's take a deep breath and think about what we're saying. At the same time, I a hundred percent agree with you. I mean, I made the, the, the observation and it was kind of, you know, snarky, but about the, Oh, I don't think Julian Aquari is going to get to 18 and a half sacks this year. Like, yeah, but I, I don't, I, I thought, don't consider that I an accurate were, tweet either. 
I thought I thought that he and Kareem were going to be like meeting for lunch in the backfield every single right. play, and that was not. That's absolutely not what happened. And, and all and credit Lu- to to Louisville had a game plan for that, though. I mean, running the speed option the way they did. Uh, we can look a lot into that, but Louisville game planned around Kareem and Akora quite a bit, um, enough to, you know, it, where it forced our linebackers to make plays, and they did not. So that, yeah, yeah, guess that, what? Louisville it, knew what our it, weak spots were. Yeah, there, there's your blooper. I put the tweet out, and and I, I it was one of the better things I wrote, whether in an article or on Twitter or anything. And it's like, I get that. I, I, I'm paraphrasing all of it. You know, I get that Louisville is not a very good football team last year, but that's because they hired and they hired a brand new coach. It's it's mm-hmm. not like they hired him to get better. So if he coached, you know, if this new coach coached, they got better. So there's no shame in watching it. To, you know, they're better. They're not the two and ten team from last year. So right. And, and as friend of the it was, an, it was an eighteen and a half point spread. We win by eighteen. This is a game on the road, and I'm telling you, I'm fucked up still from the game being on Monday night. Like this whole this whole thing has screwed me up personally. That I could I get it. I mean, I completely understand all the all these nuances, and you still get an eighteen point win. And playing yeah. like you played like shit in a lot of ways and still got an 18 point win. So can you clean up the shit? I think that's good. I think you can, because I think Notre Dame's coaching staff is a, is a good staff. And I think a lot of these things can get corrected. Uh, so I, I think there's, I think there's less to piss and moan about than I did in the beginning of the third quarter. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, I think that's absolutely fair. I also would point out, some of the things that we were, I mean, we were definitely to- talking all summer about the linebackers, but another thing that we talked about a lot was the special teams. And I thought that Jonathan Dorr and Jay Bramblett played very well. I mean, yeah, Bramblett, Bramblett had, had that one, yeah. one, but it got a favorable bounce. So it kind of was like negated. Um, Dorr was, he was just such a not, we didn't even think about him. We weren't, we weren't yeah, vexing, you know, being vexed over, you know, he, he had one that he kicked a couple into the end zone uh, the extra points were clean. I, I just one of those that kicked in the end zone was like a a deep high hanging kickoff into the end zone. Yeah. I mean, it was it was an it was an yeah. You're absolutely you're absolutely right. That's hey, pick a bright spot. There you go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I mean look, dude, that's like it, a reason why people were picking a, like at least a, one extra loss that maybe they would have. And yet you're you're watching these guys and like they perform just fine. This right. doesn't look any different, really. Than what they had last season. No For at least teams. one game, he he For, lived up exactly. to the Justin Yoon standard. Yeah, I think that's fine. I think that's. Yeah, that's and, fine. I mean, and Bramblet with, I mean, I, I equally as important was Bramblet, right? I, because look, we we had heard it all through camp, right? High hanging, he's going to get a lot of hang time. Not the strongest leg. He's not going to get. He's not going to average 44, 45 yards a punt. But with the high hang time, who cares? Right. And I think Notre Dame. I think their philosophy basically is. They just don't want special teams to exist. Like taking, like taking the fair catch on the opening kickoff, you know, like on the five, because get up to the twenty-five. It's just like, yeah, let's just let's just take special teams out of the equation here, and I'm fine with that. 
you know, I think anymore, especially on kickoff now with the, with the no wedges, so much of the stuff really doesn't matter with the new rule changes. So let's just put the football on the ground, and play ball. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Well, I think. I mean, I think that's all we really need to talk about tonight, Jude. I mean, are you are you good with that? Yeah, that's absolutely good. There's uh, there's a lot of questions left. There's a lot of questions that left for this team to answer. The the weirdness continues, right? It's just, yeah. It's short, we're going to have another Saturday with no Notre Dame football. It seems weird to have two Saturdays into the season with no Notre Dame football. But I think this kind of is a blessing in a way. I mean, obviously they have some things they have some things to work on. They have a little bit of healing to do with Jafar Armstrong. So, and then your next game is is against New Mexico. So, I think. I think the lead up, I think everything's going to be, look, it's all going to be just fine. We're, we're going to get there. You're going to be, you're going to live. They've now got stuff on tape that they can look at that to say, this is how opposition, not just us, uh, you know, our own team against us. This is how opposition exploited our weaknesses. How do we clean this up? I think that's, those are always positive. Yeah. And, you know, for some of those guys, and I tell you what, and, no, I'm not going to mention that, but I'll, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say something I was going to regret, but I'll say this, you know, for, for an upperclassman like Asmar Bilal, it's probably even at the level that these coaches are at in their careers, it's, it is difficult to tell a guy who has been a starter, you know, basically that you're not a starter anymore, you, you know, for a multi-year guy, for a guy who's seen a lot of action, now they have actual game film of the position that he's at, that he's been moved to. Sure. Like, look, this, you got to clean this up or, or this is it. Right. right. This, this can't continue. And I, I'm not trying to pile on Asmar Bilal. I, I really hate when people do that with players because there's all sorts of things we may not understand or, or know about, but that was certainly, you know, we do it with Ian book. So you can certainly do it with a linebacker and Asmar Bilal. you can see, the issues there. I mean, there was quite a few. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm sure Asmar knows that he, his performance has to improve. And if it doesn't, then the, the both, both offensive staff and defensive staff has been unafraid to make changes when necessary. We saw it last year. I'm certain we'll see it again this year. One last thing. I, I have to mention it almost by contract because of our friend on the podcast. <laughs> if I don't say the name, Kyle Hamilton, Greg, Fl- <laughs> Greg's in a f- f- drive from LA <laughs> to Ohio and beat me up. But <laughs> I, w- I want I wanted to say Cal Hamilton showed exactly what, what we thought in the few instances he looked so damn good out there. And yeah. look, he was able to give Alohi Gilman regular breathers, like not like just that didn't have to be a nickel or dime came out straight out in the base. And he, he had, dude, he had led the team with two pass breakups. I mean, that, and, I, I just and think I liked that, as there was the season a two- goes on, that is going to get that, that he's going to get better and better, and he's already good, and it's going to help this team tremendously. Yeah, and there was a two-play sequence that I really liked uh, where Drew White had a sack, and then uh, the very next play was, had to cover, uh, I think it was a slot receiver, and actually stuck his hand in. And, it was and excellent it down. Yep, he yep. that was textbook arm, arm by the waist, put your right hand. Yeah. Everything about what what Drew White did was was spot on. So look, very positive about Hamilton. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah. So if I didn't say that, Greg Greg would have flipped. <laughs> I, I know he listens to the show. So Greg, we got you covered, man. This is this is your your Kyle. Ham- this will be turned into the Kyle Hamilton podcast before too long. So that we're we're gonna go. I think we're gonna try to do one 
Friday. I'm not trying to like put myself into a spot here, but I talked to Carter Carls. Um, and so he's going to be, he's actually traveling uh, to go watch clubs in Texas A&M this weekend. Oh. Since Saturday's off. Uh, but he's, uh, he had talked about uh, being able to like, come on the show, uh, hanging out in the hotel room. So he might be all sauced up, which is, always, <laughs> which is always good for this podcast. So maybe we'll, so we'll do something Friday uh, and then we'll move on um, to New Mexico week. Um, on the site this week, it's probably probably going to be a whole lot more of of recovery from Louisville, and then uh, which is which is absolutely fine. Then we all get to watch college football this weekend with uh, no distractions, <laughs> i.e. Notre Dame, and then we'll move on to game week. So yeah, I'm, I'm if I could put a plug in for something, I absolutely. Do, I'm actually look, I'm looking forward to the Fan Pulse poll. Um, we've got people that I've identified as Notre Dame fans. And uh, not only where we put Notre Dame in our in our collective top twenty five, and and maybe the other teams who we were impressed with, who we weren't impressed with, um, but also the second question was, are you um, do you feel good about the direction of your team? And it was a simple yes no question. So I'll and be I, I'll be interested to see how those fluctuate from from week to week, and also what the week one results are. So I think we're going to see yes. that. Yeah, I think we're going to see that Wednesday, right? Yeah, yeah, I, we definitely are. And I, hey. I put a yes. I, I I am comfortable with the direction of the program right now. I also put yes. Just because there's a, there's because you only win by 18 points on the road, uh, doesn't mean that it's a disaster looming for the team. Uh, I think the, the the more you get 30,000 feet from this game, uh, the, the more sane you'll be when you look at it. And look, Notre Dame actually rose in the rankings. It the. Notre Dame gave the media and the SIDs out there all the reasons in the world to either keep them and have somebody jump them or to drop them back. And they moved up a spot. They dropped Florida back uh, from Florida shit show game against my Ohio. Oh, against uh, my, my Ohio. <laughs> my, <laughs> Go Red <right>, Hawks. <laughs> yeah. Against Miami, Florida down, down there. So, I mean, you know, kind of redemption a little bit for the cheeseburger week uh, in a way. So, you know, I guess so. I guess maybe we're just wrapped up too much into it because if the, if the national media, you know, Kirk Herbstreit aside, probably isn't like gnashing teeth over Notre Dame's 18 point win on the road, maybe we shouldn't either. So, with that, Judy, got anything left? Nope. Just looking forward okay. to okay. The, the rest of the week. Uh, you know, just stick with us at one foot down. I'm sure we're going to have, we're going to have plenty more to, uh, to talk about and, uh, looking forward to your comments. Yeah. It's going to be a good time. You know, stay safe out there. Y'all, you know, <laughs> when you're, when you're, when you're on, when you're on Twitter or, or comments and just, uh, just remember, uh, more than four people see that sometimes. And if somebody retweets it a lot more, people see it. So just, just be mindful, be, be mindful of what you're doing out there. Things are going to be okay. We're going to get a lot more data points. Um, and what Jude and, and I think what Brad's going to start doing here uh, somewhat soon with just stats, period. I, I do want to say this. Someone, someone commented about your stats post saying basically um, uh, something about, you know, shit didn't matter, blah, blah. These stats don't matter. But they were comparing it to like like records or all that from like last year. I, what what Jude did in his last post was these are actual stats. These are these are what we have to work with. It tells you about things that went on during the game. However you take them is however you take them. But here is the data. Here is what it says. You know you can draw some of your own conclusions from it. 
but it, it's not worthless. It, 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 you know, it explains what what you saw. Maybe it's not an exact predictor of what happens in the future, but it at least explains a little bit about what you saw. Yeah, I mean, the the one thing I would say is you can. There's no shortage of sites that tell you that Ian Book went 14 for 23 for you know 193 yards or you know whatever the number was. There's plenty of sites where you can look up that information, but. Um, you know, we were told all summer, Ian Book's working on the deep ball. He's going to stretch the field or whatever. Eh, two passes over 20 yards, 20 air yards, and they're both throwaways. So I, I don't know if they're holding something back, but there was definitely no stretching in the field that happened with Ian Book's arm. Right. Well, all right, guys, we're going to wrap that up, and uh, we will we will see you soon. So until then, go Irish. Go Irish. Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.